she would play me like Mary had a little lamb or something and I would just hear it and then I would just play it back and act like I was reading the music. Mm. She's like, oh, you're doing a great job. So, so <laughs> she's like, wow. Like, but I just would like, you know, memorize Which the Which works melody. for like Mary had a little lamb, but Beethoven comes and you're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't want to play this one right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that tune. Yeah, I just really don't. <laughs> Beethoven's a little hacky. I'm good. Yeah, yeah but Wheels on the Bus is cool. <laughs> we, can, we, we can maybe like try that one out. <laughs> what's up everybody this is this podcast is not for you very special episode today uh i am jake i am wes and i'm peyton and we've got a guest i am evan evan why don't you introduce yourself (laughs) my name is evan ultra i am here i'm in the flesh uh, also in the ears yes, and audio. Wherever yes. the, the listener waves. may be. Yes, yeah. totally. Um, anyway, we are going to talk to Evan today about a very, very special project that is done. It is out. You can experience it today, tonight, or tomorrow, whenever you want. Yes. It is a movie. It is a movie. Yes. Evan, why don't you tell everybody what it's called? There is a movie called Teenage Badass. It is out now. Go watch it. And it's great. Uh, Evan actually stars in the movie, so he, uh, and I will, uh, my convictions, personal convictions won't allow me to say the title of the movie, so Mm. henceforth, I will, whenever I say TBA, (laughs) I am referring to the movie. Uh, so, TBA is about uh, a rock band, and you are the lead singer. Yeah, I play a fictional character based on a lot of non-fictional characters named Kirk Stylo. Stylo and the Murder Dogs. It's a fictional band. The movie's about like a fictional band. And uh, I play the neurotic, egomaniac, high, drunk dude. Lead singer. Lead singer. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) And so I don't know. We got a lot of listeners from around the country, California, Illinois, Missouri, obviously. But... uh, those that might not know, Evan is actually from here. He's from a suburb of Joplin called Webb City. Uh, you graduated from Webb City High School, correct? I did. And then yep. you, we went to college together. We went to Ozark in Christian Joplin. College here yep. in Joplin together. Yep. So you've got roots here. You're back here for a little bit before yep. you make the move out to California again. Yes. Correct. Yeah, okay. that is correct. Yep. I met you in like... 2012, I yeah. think. Yeah. It was crazy. The year the world ended. That was the Almost. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we we did we, we, we did an EP together while you were here, and you produced a song on my last EP, and so we've worked together for years, and uh, we've remained friends throughout creative endeavors, which is always hard, right? Yeah, yeah it really so, is. Um, so let's talk about TBA a little bit, just okay. to kind of give people um, an introduction, an overview. It was directed by Grant McCord. Grant McCord. And Grant worked on Logan and a Hunger Games movie, correct? Yeah, yeah. And then it also has Kevin Corgan in it, which, if you don't know, he's in The Departed, Pineapple Express, Community, and also the new Pete Davidson uh, movie, King of Staten Island. And then it's got also Julie Emery, uh, Better Call Saul, Fargo, and my mom would love this. She was in ER. Yes. My mom is a huge ER fan, so I'm excited to tell my mom <laughs> that because I didn't know that when I Absolutely. watched it the first time. Um, just kind of real quick uh, plug, we are, me and Evan are doing a 
premiere of the movie on October 16th. If you're in the Joplin, Missouri area, you can get tickets now. Um, they, we've already sold like quite a bit and we haven't even really advertised it. So, uh, our local cinema, we love Bookhouse Cinema is going to be showing, uh, Evan's movie TBA on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th of October. So you can go get tickets now, bookhousejoplin.com. Also, you just got a text before we sat down and recorded what also just happened like five minutes ago. Uh, you can now pre-order the, uh, vinyl. It is a two-disc vinyl. It has the soundtrack and the score that was done by Master Bob Hogue. And um, it's like cool splatter vinyl. It's pretty sick. Yeah, and it's there's awesome. shirts and vinyl, so teenage badass movie. You can go to Instagram. Mm -hmm. We have a website, and you can pre-order that. And yeah. it's going to go, the first round is going to go pretty fast, I'm sure. So, um Get in there. Get yes. the, the pre-orders. And I don't think you mentioned this quite yet, but you also did music for the film as well, uh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's, so that's kind of how it all started. So I, I met uh, Grant McCord. Um, I was a music director at a church in Arizona, and um, I met this guy one day because we would contract out musicians, um, and I met this guy, Grant, and he came in and he had like a pentagram thrasher jacket, skateboard thrasher jacket. And he was like holding a fan, his like own personal fan. And he had his like earbuds in and his drumsticks. And he like walked straight to the drum cage. And I was like, I love this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know who this guy is, yeah. but I love him. I'm like, that's my vibe. Like yeah. you come into church band practice like that, like you sold me, <laughs> you know? And so... At the time, I was just trying to, uh, I had a band called Magic Squid, and I was trying to just find musicians. I was new to that area, so I was trying to find a drummer at the time. And um, Which I don't know if you said this is Phoenix. This is yes, in Phoenix, Phoenix. sorry. sorry yes. I, I'm Phoenix, not sure Arizona. I can't <laughs> right. Yeah, Phoenix, Arizona. Out in the desert. Um, so I was, I met this guy, and you know, the night I met him, I went up to him after practice, and I was like, yo, like, I have this band that I'm starting and I have a bunch of songs that I want to show you. I think you're the right vibe. He kind of had this like strokes drum, like real clothes, like, mm. um, style to him. And, um, I was like, can I show you like the music and stuff? And so we, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, come to my uh, car and we'll like smoke some weed, like, uh, and listen to your songs. I was like, okay. And, uh, we went and, uh, he listened to the music and then, he was like, how about, he shot me an idea, like, what if we used your music for this fictional band that I'm writing a script about, uh, TBA, mm -hmm. and um, what would you think about us using your music for the movie? I was like, well, I mean, it sounded really awesome and exciting. I was like, well, that's great, you know? It, 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 I just had these songs, just already made them, so... So I had like a handful of like four or five songs that I already made. And so the process went on. He just was kind of like, well, you're singing the songs in the, in the actual songs. So how about you just act as the lead singer? I was like, well, I can do that, you know? And Been so there, we would just, done that. yeah, right. So, yeah. so we, we, we just kept meeting like once a week or so every other week. And we would just kind of, you know, talk about it and like talk about ideas and stuff. And um, he really just had this master plan of this this script and this movie. And um, 
I think it was the chemistry of this, the sound of the music. And they kind of gave him the, the it, it finished the vision yeah. in his head. It, yeah. it kind of like wrapped the package up. Yeah. He was like, oh, I finally have like the singer in this fictional band, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And then it just from there. Yeah. And, and then I kept writing music for the soundtrack, but thing songs were originally already written. Yeah. Pre-meeting so, him. So. Okay. So you, you, you move out there and you, when I knew you, we were doing music and yeah. you were, you were like the youngest CIY touring musician, like in the CIY circuit. I think you were playing keyboard on tour at like what, 15, 16? I started touring with Christ and Youth when I was 13. Okay. Yeah. So, so music's been like a big thing. Yeah. And so do you remember the first time you were like really gravitating towards music or is there a flashbulb memory or is it like just, oh, it's kind of, I was around it and that's what I did. I was definitely around it. My dad plays three instruments. My mom plays three instruments. My sister plays three instruments. Like I was just in a family of like musicians. And so it was mainly just going through my dad's records and uh, CDs and he had synthesizers and he had just drum miscellaneous drum things around the house and uh, basses and guitars and um, I would just I, I I would say around like five or six I just you know I grew up in it it just was around like we weren't we weren't a sports family we weren't like it just was strictly music hmm. like that's all we geeked out about that's all they talked about and so um it was almost just like innate for me to like just grab drumsticks and start banging on pots and pans and whatever stuff in wherever, the kitchen. yeah and my mom had a grand piano in the living room and so i would just go and i would just hear my dad or my mom or my sister play the piano and so i just started you know wanting to play the piano and uh, I remember my mom was trying to give me like piano lessons and um, I wasn't good at like reading music. She just, she's, she, my mom's like a master. Like you could put down any sheet music in front of her and she can just like hmm. sight read it and just yeah. like Beethoven, like whatever. It's like crazy. She's, you know, um, but I couldn't read music and I still really can't read like clef notes and like all of that just sheet music. Can't really, but I, she would play, uh, she would play me like Mary had a little lamb or something and I would just hear it and then I would just play it back and act like I was reading the music. Mm. She's like, oh, you're doing a great job. So, so <laughs> she's like, wow. Like, but I just would like, you know, memorize Which the Which works melody. for like Mary had a little lamb, but Beethoven comes and you're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just don't want to play this one right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just not a fan of that tune. Yeah, I just really don't. <laughs> Beethoven's a little hacky. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, but Wheels on a Bus is cool. We can, we can maybe like try that one out again. That song. <laughs> okay, yeah, because yeah, then that's a great like transition to a point I wanted to bring up is when we started making music together, um, it was just very much like, hey, do you want a synth in here? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. And you'd play a synth in there and you'd be like, do you like these drums? And I'd be like, oh, not really. I was thinking this. And then you would change it to that. And I've learned very quickly that you are a a multi-instrumentalist. So you feel like you were kind of naturally gifted. It sounds like, I mean, I can't, I still can't hear something and play it back. Can you guys, I mean, a little bit and depends on what it is. Yeah. yeah. Be honest. If you can do it, say it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's, 
The, well, only because that's how I mostly like learned playing in the first place. Is I'd yeah. play a record and I'd try to play with it. Right. I'd get the you know the basic chord shapes and then you try to play. Also, just learning songs, you learn the shapes that the artists are using because mm. YouTube is amazing now and yeah. you can learn exactly how someone. You know, I, I I'm only really versed on the guitar, so mm. um, I wouldn't know. Uh, I could play in the key of C and piano. Because everything's in the key of C, almost, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on drums, for me, I, that was all I did was just listen to stuff and learn. Guitar was more like, okay, I'm going to look at tabs and yeah, learn yeah, how to play with yeah. tabs. But drums, I would put in my headphones and listen to like a Blink-182 record yeah. and try and learn all of Travis oh, yeah. Parker's parts. Well, that's what you do on drums. It, you know, you don't want to, you don't really, you're not, it's not like marching band yeah, you're style. Not like, like, you're not like reading feet oh, music or playing drums here. Okay. And yeah. Wes, you, I mean, we started in marching band though, right? Yeah. Sorry, right. playing drums. Yeah, and I learned how to... I mean, reading drum music is a lot easier than reading other music because it's all on one line because there's no notes. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just rhythm. But drum set, that's all... Almost all, I think, learning by ear. Right. Yeah. Well, because I was in jazz band and marching yeah. band and concert, but I did the same thing. I would mm -hmm. just like, they, I would have the music in front of me, but I would just memorize the part, listen right. to it and then just play it. Like, you know, yeah. just, you, you, you learn the rudiment or whatever, and then you just do sure. it. You know? And drums, so much of drums is feel like it is. Yeah. And Oh, it's like almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Like rhythm. it's the rhythm. <laughs> well, and this is, I wanted to ask you this, um, because I've heard a lot of your music and I wondered awesome. which, which instrument you gravitate towards the most. Is there one? Or do you have a favorite? Well, I think... It, I've always known you as a drummer. They're different because they're different because my favorite is drums because they're the funnest to play. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, of course, like you just get the bang on shit. Like, like it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's awesome. Like, you know, um, and especially when I was a little kid, like, you know, that was my, it's always been my favorite, but I wasn't allowed a drum set for years when I was a kid yeah. um, is just too, too noisy. So... But I am, I, my strong suit is piano. And, and I was going to say, I think mm -hmm. I, your piano playing really speaks to me, but I was, awesome. that's what I was yeah. hoping you would say, but yeah, I no, it is. It's, 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 I gravitate towards that okay. because, um, even, you know, in a lot of music I do, I do drums on keys. Like, right. you know, I do, so everything is on keys. And so. Um, and I love like using different types of synths, like, uh, yeah. analog and, and modules and like, uh, right. profits and Junos and that stuff. I've just like nerded out on that in the past, like five to 10 years of yeah. just like knowing how to manipulate like physical right. key sound. And it's just, just, yeah. So I, I, I obsess over that kind of stuff. Um, but the most fun to play is just drums. I, I don't know if that's my best or anything, but I would uh -huh. say definitely keys is is my strong suit. But. Awesome. Yeah, and, and that's what I, back to like, I I got off on a different subject, but one thing I wanted to ask is Colin Seiger sent me mm -hmm. uh, Hurt by the Savages. Oh, and that, wow. And that was, uh, <laughs> I've always been like a deep cuts will make me a fan of your music more than like a hit, you know? Okay. And so yeah. that one, that song was amazing, right? And so... Um, Man, Talk about that high school girlfriend breakup. Okay, so so uh, when so it hurts, it hurts. It hurts it's bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So talk a little bit about your past projects. Like walk people through. Okay. Um, you know, in high school, this is what I was doing in the band I was in, and then because I knew, you know, I can list off three right now, and yeah. so it's like you've 
been so versed with like working with different musicians and different bands and different genres. And even today when we were talking, you're like, yeah, I'm playing this like freaking weird Western spaghetti, mm. Western <laughs> punk rock thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I think that makes, that helps your creative brain so much more when you're, so walk people through Absolutely. like kind of your yeah. different projects I, and stuff. Um, well, at a, at a early age, I, so I was doing CIY and then when, once I got into high school, I was like 14, 15, whenever you're a freshman, I don't know. And um, I was able to meet all these seniors at the time uh, when I was a freshman in high school. And uh, there was a group of seniors, and they were in a band called Bright Young Things. Uh, and they needed a, a piano player, like a keys guy. And so, um, and my buddy Brett Turner, who yeah. I've, I've been able to do, do more music with him too. And, um, so I got involved with them and I played keys for bright young things. And so they were kind of sneaking me into bars and like sneaking me into like all these venues. And cause bright young things did a lot of touring in kind of this four state area, a lot of like, uh, we did a lot of like frat shows in Columbia mm. and like all these like random places, you know, of Missouri, you know, and, um, Blackthorn yeah. and Solace and like a lot of those venues back then, you know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really been around the music scene here because now that I'm back here, you know, there's nothing kind of not a music yeah. scene right now yeah. for anyone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was in bright young things and then we, our drummer quit or we like kicked him out or I don't, you know, I don't know drummers, you know, Creative <laughs> <classic> differences, <laughs> right. And so I became the drummer. And uh, we're just like, oh, we just won't do keys, you know. Well, we'll just put it in the, you know, live we won't have keys. And so I was the drummer for that. And then around that time, I started my own band called The Savages, which that hasn't really aged that well. But, um, you know. I don't know. I was listening to it yesterday. No, not the music, but the name more so. But Right. I know. agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably, <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Right. And so. Uh, for the record, we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I was in the savages and even, you know, now people are like, that's savage. And like at the time, like no one said that. So right. it, just, it was like, it, it was different. It was, it was different. really groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. Time. And, um, that was my own project. And I, I started and I was like 15, 16 and we were playing a lot of shows and that's Colin Seigers. We had a drummer named Chopper. We had, uh, we had uh, Marina Spurrier in that and um, master guitar player. And um, yeah, and that was great. And a lot of, there's one song that, you know, is actually in this movie, uh, TBA, that is from whenever I was in high school. So, yeah. So, sure. can we play it? Oh, the original, uh, yeah. Just a little yeah. snippet? Yeah, just a little snippet. All right. Yeah, we can nice. do that. <laughs> sure. So this song that you're about to hear, just a little snippet of, is the original version of cut me and let me die that by was silo and the murder dogs yes, from the movie but it was formerly known as rock and roll by yeah. the savages yeah <laughs> you are you are listening to this podcast is not for you we're spinning rock and roll yeah, by yeah. the savages <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. So actually, what's a fun fact? I don't know if you were at the show, but um, the band I am in now, mm-hmm. they covered that song at one of their shows. Did you ever? Me like bees. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> it was really funny because I I forget when it was. It was like literally like uh, 2012. I think it was before you were in it. Yes. But yeah. um, it but like they, I was just there at like Blackthorn or somewhere, and then. They, I think they saw me and mm-hmm. they were like, "Let's play the song." Because yeah. I like turned to Luke and then he was like smiling. And yeah. I was like, "I was like, whoa!" He's, <laughs> he still plays it at practice sometimes. It's so funny. So that's, that's a really awesome. good song. I'm glad that we could play the original version. <laughs> if you haven't heard the new version, uh, like I said, um, Evan's band in the movie is called Stylo and the Murder Dogs. You can listen to two tracks right now: Dick yeah. Cheney and Cut Me and Let Me Die. Yes. Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. Um, anyway, so you're in the Savages. Yeah. And then, and then we, we kind of L O N. Yeah. We kind of, that was kind of like a high school band. And then, uh, that kind of moved on just as like people, we graduated high school and then, um, yeah. And then I met Luke Hall, the master. Uh, he actually himself. he played a freaking ripping solo on he, my last EP too. So oh yeah, anytime and he's, you need something guitar, you call up Luke. He's on the soundtrack too. Yeah, yeah. he's he does the guitar on uh, Dick Cheney and some a lot of other little things. So um, met him in college, and I uh, already knew Colin Sigers. He was our bass player in the Savages, and then um, our we we went through a lot of drummers. Um, we went through drummers, yeah, right. drummers. <laughs> it's like wow. Um, went through a lot of drummers and, uh, every show we just kind of asked someone to play drums, you know, uh, whoever could do it. So, um, and that was fun. That was a, that was a fun band. It, it, Lords of Normal, Lords of Normal. Sorry. I never even said their name. No, yeah. Lords didn't. of Normal. Shrouded in mystery. Wow. Until this point. <laughs> Listeners are like, give us something to gravitate. Man. I just talk in Luke Hall's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lords of Normal, I saw them. Probably seven or eight times while we were in college together. Just anytime yeah. you guys had a show, I mean. Uh, that's what I loved about the fact that, and we can all kind of talk about this now, is when I saw, because the thing about when you graduate college is everyone kind of spreads out. And so I'd followed you on Instagram and stuff and saw that you were doing a movie. And so that's what I, I wanted to talk about now is like the fact that you kind of, you moved away and you like you freaking did it this the movie was supposed to premiere at south by unfortunately it's a weird year so that didn't happen but yes the movie got bought by like a distributor yeah or a distribution company and it's out on video on demand it's you're out. the freaking lead singer and the band that it's about and you recorded the whole soundtrack yeah and it's out on vinyl right now mm-hmm that is so i wanted to say from like far away because i wasn't in phoenix when you were shooting or whatever but um the fact that you can do hard things like that no matter where you're from and i think is like the coolest thing yeah so um we can and we our first episode was about Wes moving back he was like Mm -hmm. i was in la worked for disney blah 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 yeah and so he He's coming back, and uh, that's kind of what made us want to start doing the podcast is he's back. What did you learn, Wes? You know, and stuff like that. And so this is kind of the antithesis of that is, like, you moved away. You did something really cool. You're back, and now we're going to talk about it. Yes. Um, So I guess what do you see? The thing me and Pate were talking about is 
what differences did you see in like the creative scene in like Phoenix as opposed to like Joplin? And you guys, if you have other I specific wanted, questions, like, I was just so curious about your perspective because not a lot of people have that. Usually, people, well, everyone that I know is living here, so it's like I don't really have a perspective of someone that has, you know, their feelers out in a different city and or different area or knows a bunch of people or just like your perspective on your time here and then your time in Phoenix. Yeah. And I would, and the scene here has expanded since I've been here. Like, I mean, that was, I left here in like 2015 and just even in the past five years, like it's, there's a lot more like cooler, dare I say, hipper places in, 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 in Joplin down, the downtown has grown and uh, the culture has grown and back then it was like very limited amounts of places. Like it was sure. solace. It was we Black played Thorn, at solace yeah. and Blackthorn and like, uh, whiskey dicks right. and like, uh, am I missing one? And like, I mean, that's, that, basically, that, that's it. basically what it was. JB's and didn't really, when did JB's come around? We played at JB's, uh, a couple times. Okay. Um, and that was mainly, I, I mainly did that when I just had EKB, like my own personal, uh, project. And, uh, but, Anyways, I um, I just at the time I made really good relationships with the people that own those places. Yeah, and then I just was able to play those places a lot. And it, it, in Phoenix, it's just like a whole different animal. I sure. mean, there's like endless amounts of places to play. Yeah, that mm. that I there's still places I I'm not aware of. And sure. and um, I was lucky enough to kind of fall into a cool scene. Um, Uh and I was lucky enough to meet people my age and people a little older than me or younger than me, but all kind of in the same bracket of influence where we, you know, um, and that's just, that was just from going to coffee shops and like, you know, just connecting and like whatever, going to concerts and like meeting people as you do in big cities, just to meet people and, uh, just network and kind of, you know, go around and I was like playing with other people with this group called college money and with someone sober and, um, all these different guys that I kind of worked at. I worked in a lot of restaurants and stuff. So just kitchen crew that had bands and stuff and you just meet people. So, um, it, it is a lot different cause it's, uh, it was, for me, this is always going to be the town I grew up in, you know? So it's like, it's very like hometown, like, and you always have that sense of like escapism, like, Oh, I can, if I'm just in another place, I'll, I'll thrive. And like, you know, um, even though it's, I, it's kudos to the guys and the girls who are able to stay in their town and like build it to what they want it to be and what, and to make it easier for musicians and artists to like have a platform to yeah. to you know just like show their, their did you their do you ever feel stunted in your hometown like do you I feel did. like there's a growth I that did. you couldn't have experienced yeah I did I I just wanted to be around in Joplin it's and not even Joplin just a little town um, sure and you you have this like mentality of like. Every everyone kind of views everything one way, but then yeah. you go yep. to a place where there's five million people, right? And it's things are viewed endless amounts of ways, and things 
of art and like how, you know, I, and even growing up, I always kind of felt weird how I dressed. Cause I felt yeah. like people just would look at me weird, yep. or, you know, and I even come back now and I just walk around in like stores and, and I get eyeballs, you yeah. know? And, um, but in Phoenix and in LA, I'm just, I could wear right. a dress or whatever. Do. It just doesn't matter. And yeah. like here, yeah. that's like, Oh my God, he's wearing a dress, you know? Right. Like, Whoa. Right. You know, but you have all these different like um, expectations yeah. that people have. Right. Sure. But, and, and then there's all these different cultures, all these different backgrounds, like, uh, LA, they say like, no one's like from LA, you know, it's right. just like all these people right. are, you know, come in, it's a melting pot of different perspectives. Like that's the beautiful thing of a huge city, you know? Nice. Um, yeah. and you can go in and like, you feel seen and unseen at the same time, mm. you know, and you can disappear. It, yeah, yeah. You can disappear. Yeah. There's something beautiful about that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I was kind of curious, like, were you ever interested in like acting and and film at all, or was this kind of a surprise experience where you're like, "This is cool. It's different. I didn't envision it, but I am go like I'm rolling with the punches. Yeah. This could be a really cool experience." Yeah, I've always been obsessed with film and i've always just been obsessed with like weird movies and and even whenever and for I was, those of you listening to be like oh that's probably what he says now it's like no i've known him for like eight or nine years and that's <laughs> that's true that's, <laughs> this is true so and, and even whenever i was a kid like you know we we would i had this like these a couple of friends alex buckland and preston and we would we had this youtube channel called art sniff and <laughs> look it up Art Sniff. Is it still live? No. Oh, there, we had like a hundred videos. Do you have them saved somewhere? I, I didn't. I mean, I think the, the guy Preston does. Okay. Uh, but, you know, he's the one that took it all down. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of glad that they're, <laughs> they're off. Because, man, yeah. Anyway, I sorry. I didn't mean to disrail you. But we, we, it was flexing that bone of right, like right, right. working that bone of like just uh, digital like shorts. writing stories and yeah. like you know cringy little kids like stories sure. and like whatever and but it was fun and you you, you kind of write characters and I've always been obsessed with making characters like Bill and Bill and like all these like you know these characters even in dorm like in dorm life we would make yeah. like silly videos and like for chapel and like all that you mm -hmm. know it it was. I always loved being behind that and like I love I've always loved writing and I actually would like kind of almost pay my teachers off in high school and I'm like I won't do a test but I'll like like in English class I like wrote a short book uh -huh. instead of like taking the English test hmm. final because I was like I'd rather just write a story or a book right and instead of because I was never good in school. So I just was like, well, I'll work wow, around it. Wow, what an amazing yeah. life hack. Yeah. Any kids listening, yeah. try to pull that with your English that's, teacher. Uh, that's actually what I did to pass my uh, trigonometry class my junior year. I wrote a book a, about trigonometry? No. We, we made <laughs> so a... So awesome. His characters? <laughs> his character <laughs> suit? The triangle? <laughs> we made a music video, and I made a song about... Yeah. Math. I did that, too. Yeah, dude. so... The EOC. I took the EOC. Yeah. Whoa. Same thing, man. Wow. We, so, yeah. We did the same. Yeah. I've always, like, played with the idea, but I've never seen myself, like, I'm going to do acting someday, mm. ever. And um, it really was just the, the comfortable role of, like, 
you're 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 playing a, a lead singer. I'm like, well, I can do that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like I can. I think I could do that. Yeah, like a dysfunctional, like more Kurt Cobainy type guy. I'm like, well, okay, I'll play that on. You know. Yeah. So I've studied those guys all my life. I've studied the Aussies and the Kurtz and the you know. So Dave Grohl's and the Dave, yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah, he, he seems always a little clean cut, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but drummer, lead singer. So that's, there you go. Boom. How did you feel about like? I think one thing that's interesting about this movie is um, it's generally independent, correct? Like, yeah. they, uh, how do you know how the project came about in terms of them, like, being able to make it in the first place? Like, financing, all that, that was stuff? all Chucky Duff. Uh, Chucky Duff is, he owns, like, a lot of the places that we shot location-wise. Okay. Um, so he owns like Gracie's Bar and Crescent and Rebel Lounge and the Van Buren and he he has stakes in all of that. So um, he also is the owner and creator of Commonwall Media, which we're all under for this movie gotcha. for TBA. And uh, Grant McCord, the director, he works with Chucky. Okay, cool. So it it was very like Grant had this idea and he finished it wrapped it up and then pitched it to Chucky and Chucky's like, let's do it hmm. because it was very, that's why it's 2006. The movie's based in 2006 and it's kind of like an ode to the Phoenix culture, music scene culture. Cause that's gotcha. when Chucky or Grant was growing up in the scene. Both. Both. Um, of them. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely Grant when, cause he wrote the script and the screenplay. And so, um, it was whenever he was playing bands and he was a studio musician and playing for all these bands in the Phoenix scene. And so it's kind of like based off of like too many true stories of <laughs> like his, yeah. his life, but you know, it's like fictional nonfiction, you know? And did you feel like, cause I think a lot of people, when it comes to like filmmaking and movies in general, people either think it's like, Oh, it's going to be New York or it's going to be Los Angeles. Right. And you guys were able to do this entirely in Phoenix, correct? Yeah. With yeah. like entire Phoenix crew. Yeah. And there's a lot of people from LA. Sure. Um, but a lot of the actors and actresses in LA were originally from Arizona. Awesome. That's so, really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So do you feel like, did you feel like that was like a really, I don't know, to me, the perception of it, just like seeing the movie and like how you've talked about it is that you guys kind of felt free to do this thing because you weren't yeah. like in some crazy L.A. system. You were in Phoenix, like doing your own thing yeah. about a very like a niche niche for uh, sure. area and scene in general. Yeah. Did you kind of feel free to like explore that? Oh, my. Yeah, for real. Like and. Even down to our costume designer, Ali Smith, and like all of the costumes and the the outfits and attire in it, it's 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 all very like that style of like Phoenix style of like how we dress there. And like I, you know, we would go to Gracie's Bar all the time. I would go there like every other day, and like I would go see shows at Rebel Lounge every week. Like, I mean, these were spots. They're like hot spots, and like. Uh, just kind of the uh, kind of the uh, attitude of everybody, and like the uh, you know, it, kind of the conversations and the dialogue, and it's all very. I think it represents like Phoenix culture, and I think it was fun to to uh, play play that up and like uh, really show that side of 
the United States. You don't really see like band movies in Phoenix, like you're saying it's sure. LA, New York. Like, yeah, the punk scene in in the mid 2000s or the indie scene in LA or in New York, and like, yeah, for sure, yeah. So there has been, and we have a Jim Atkins from Jimmy World. He makes a cameo in there, mm-hmm. and like, um, and Chucky was in a big band in a big like punk band that was uh, in Phoenix. Bob Hogue, who who did our our score. Um, he, he owns Flying Blanket Studios, which is a a big studio in Arizona. And, uh, he produces like the main and the Technicolors. And, uh, he was in this band called Pollen and like all the, he was a drummer for all these punk bands. And so, and he's like a legend in Phoenix. And so is Chucky. And so, um, and they knew all these legends that we were able to snag, you know, for the movie. Sure. it really made it. Really made it for cool. sure. Just curious, what what led you to Phoenix in particular? Uh, that was uh, my ex wife at the time. We uh, and she worked at a, a church there at Sun Valley, and so I got a job there as a music director too. And I was able to meet all these people and all yeah. this to happen. So yeah, that's how I met Grant. Um, I think Grant and I were both at a path in our life where we were wanting an escape or out somehow. He, he had to come back to Phoenix. Um, so he was just trying to find gigs and, or do something to, because uh, he was in L.A. at the time. Um, but they had to go back to Phoenix, um, where he originally is from. So they had to go back. And so I was there for, like, my wife at the time. And he was there for just life. And I don't know if it was exactly his wife or if it was, you know... Um, but we were just both there and we kind of, to be honest, both didn't want to be at that church. And so we, it was one of those things, like we saw each other, we were like, and we were like two lost souls and we like Mm. knew, we like just knew, I knew, I don't, I can't speak for him, but I knew I I saw him. I'm like, there's something about this guy. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of something I wanted to either ask everyone about or elaborate on, um, the idea that you don't ever really know who you're interacting with or talking to in terms of like their either creative endeavors or their talent or their projects. And so, you know, how does that, how does that affect the way we treat like in the movie? How does that affect the way we treat the sound guy at the venue? And absolutely, you know, and so this guy walks in, you know, you've never met him and, but you can just tell, I at least want to talk to him because of his shirt and his fan is hilarious and he's got his headphones in. You know, yeah. so it's like, I want to talk to him, but that doesn't, you had no idea that he had worked on Logan or, no, you know, I, the only thing I knew about this guy is that all of the sound guys were pissed off at him because he was playing drums at Sun Valley. There was like six campuses or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they would, he would play at all these different campuses and I wasn't able to play with him yet. So that was my first week with him. Right. But I heard about him and all the sound guys hated him because he would put a shirt on the snare because he liked the little dead like yeah you know yeah kind of sound and uh but they didn't like that the sound guys didn't like that because they couldn't control you know his sound he was controlling it for them you know wow yeah um so but i was like oh that sounds like badass to me like i i I liked because i love to put a shirt on a snare as well you know so yeah um that's all i knew about him that he was the shirt on the snare guy nice you know yeah and uh then he comes and then i'm like yeah he is the shirt on the snare guy yeah there he is yeah that's him 
you know, he just kind of brought out this part of you that you, you know, you didn't anticipate, like, doing. Like, you're an IMDb official actor now, and your face is on Rotten Tomatoes. And, like, you know, so it's like, how how many of us, like, given the chance, or would flourish if we either collaborated with the right person or do we feel like, you know, and so how does that, especially in like a creative community that we're trying to like create here in Joplin, how does that affect the way that you either like write someone off when they're like, oh, we should, you know, we should make a video together or something or, you know, it's like, dude, it'd be so funny if we wrote this short story and then, you know, had it published, you know, but a lot of times it's just people we know and so we're writing them off, you know, oh yeah, okay, that's, that's paid. That's why, me and I've dealt with that a lot, especially being a white rapper from the Midwest. And that's why I, I've, I've always tried to just be like the biggest fan that you can be for anyone because yeah. th- I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have three people at your show and then yeah. two of them are making fun of you. And one of them is your mom. <laughs> and the other one is your mom. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So so how, how does that affect the way we like either – work with other people, creatives in the area, or, you know, just view other people? Like, is their work on a on a level that we even respect just because we know them or something, you know? Well, I think the thing that's so interesting about your story is that I've always thought that there's, like, creative... Soulmates is a bit specific, but, like, creative, like, um, chemistry that happens where it's just, like, shink, and you link mm. together, and you're like, oh, this person is exactly what I needed... That's creatively crazy. like yeah. my my writing partner in college uh we worked together on a little short film and then he messaged me he's like hey do you want to look over this script i wrote and then i did gave him notes and he was like do you want to write a script together and then we sat down and wrote a full-length script together and we've written like four or five yeah. together since yeah. so you find those people where you're just like oh this is this is the other person i needed hmm. to f- to figure out how to be creative in a different way that I haven't even thought about. I think your story illustrates that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I, um, and you know, I, I've played with, uh, musicians and worked with people who for years and, and they, and they're really talented and they're like some of the best musicians I've ever seen or played with. They're just very clean and very like on beat and just what you need for a studio musician. But personally wise, they're still, just so surface level Mm. and you just can't break to that like level of connection to where you guys can actually create more together. And like, you know, everything just kind of is like raw toast, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just stale. Mm. Um, and even though it might sound pretty, it's just stale. Like and him and I, I met a lot of other people in this movie too. And they, they just, your, it seems like your minds are just linked and you just know where they're going to go. And like I chemistry of like acting with people, it's a lot like that too. You know, you can tell whenever someone is just reading the lines, you yeah. know, like, um, you know, to bring up SNL, it's like, you can tell whenever they're reading the prompter or yeah. whenever they're just like actually you know, riffing, riffing. Yeah. yeah. Or like early the office and then late the office, you know, yeah. like it's like, there's a big difference and, um, you could tell when it's scripted and, uh, so having a rapport with these actors and it was, we felt like a band and we were all kind of, you know, 
I don't want to, I feel like it's like a cursed thing almost, but like method actors, you mm-hmm. know, it, but we, we were all just kind of me, like method for like the whole three months or so whenever we shot it, it just, we were those characters. Like, um, we were just the band on and off the set. I, I had to teach, um, all these, the, the guys, they're actors and a, a lot of them are like they're they used to play drums or like McCabe used to play drums when he was a kid and like growing up and stuff but he's not I wouldn't say he considers himself like a drummer or like a musician you know but Tucker the 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 guy on keys Mark Steib um that plays our keys player in the in the movie he's not a musician at, like at all so I had to like kind of teach him I had to teach them all the parts because in the movie, you know, we play the songs. Actually, we had a lot of like band practices and stuff. Uh, We had like they rented out a studio for us to um, a practice studio for me to just go around on every instrument, like teach uh, Crash and teach Steib or uh, sorry, Tucker and uh, Dylan Lane, the guitar player, teach him. But he's a guitar player. He actually is a musician and and uh, Crash is, too. And so. Uh, who plays Horace Slays in mm. the movie? Um, the Keys replacement. Right. Um, spoiler. Spoiler. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, we were living that life already, as you know, we were able to like have a practice space and like be a band together, kind of, you know, and like yeah. um, on set, it just was some of the most fun times it, uh, that I can remember. You know, it, it, we were just, we felt like a band and it's, important to find those people and like and hold on to them you know mm-hmm. yeah hold on to them like keep working with them if you can like uh if, if those people and they introduce you to people that they click with that you normally will probably click with yeah, too right, if you can click right. with this you they click with sure. that then you click clack yeah you know click clack. i like that <laughs> the classic click clack the yeah. classic click clack the title of the episode yeah. <laughs> that's interesting too because it's possible that's why every Christopher Nolan movie there are familiar faces. Wes Anderson Wes has Anderson. his troop. Oh, yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino it, has his troop. You never know. Sure. That could be just because, like, you know, Chris is like, oh, I don't have to direct Michael Caine anymore. Like, he's he not, knows what. I, yeah, he's, what and he's so, going to get out of exactly. Them. Um, yeah. So yeah, anything, anything you two want to add to the creative? Once one, my statement for what you said yeah. of again, remind me, it's you never know who you're going to be yeah. talking to. Yeah, kind my of thing like. Is like I don't think uh, you'll get anywhere if you approach people from a mindset of trying to get something out of them. Mm. It's like, mm. I feel like you have to, that's my approach anyway. Hopefully I do that with most people. It's like, I'm not really thinking about what they can do. It's just like, they have value to my face. Like, I feel like if you're trying to get something from somebody, you're like, yeah. If you like if you know somebody if you see somebody you know like see somebody that's famous let's say it's like they're just going to assume that you want something from them when you come up to talk to them. Yeah. It's like if you can approach somebody that like that let's say it's somebody you really admire and they're super famous like act like they're not famous. They're a person. It's like I don't know. I feel like that's where right. connections are made. I think I think the unifying thing is like approaching these moments relationally, not like transactionally, right. if yeah. that's a word. Which is a lot of what you used in the first episode about that's what you disliked so much about like living in LA. That's, yeah, that's absolutely it's what, what I hated me. about LA I don't really care in a lot about of you. ways. Yeah. Like well, and the industry industry, like the center point of the industry is very much that way. Whereas like, I'm sure what you experienced in Phoenix is like, 
much more of, even though it's not a small town, more of like, these are not like industry insiders that are like wielding their power and what can you give me? He it's included just like, you in his vision the day you met. Yeah. Wow. He's like, insane. hey, do you want to be a part yeah. of this? It's cool. Like, he, Well, Grant had so much blind faith in me. So thank you. He's never seen me act because I haven't acted. Yeah. And like he just was like, all right. And he he he's even said, and he said this a lot, like, you know, um, he tells this story of uh, him kind of having this blind faith in me. And he's like, ah, and he was nervous uh, about having me as the supporting lead in this movie. And um, with all these other like seasoned uh, actors and actresses. And so it changed it for him because I called him one day and I was like, I just want you to know I'm going to like blow your fucking mind. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. I remember you told me that story. Um, yeah. I'm going to do it. And um, because I had faith in myself and he could see that I had f that much faith in myself. And um, there was a lot of times in the movie because, and it's no offense to anyone. If, if, if anything, it's me because I just am kind of like uh, delirious in some points of just like, the names of people and who act in movies or like just some of the, I more watch like old movies and like not movies that have come out in the past, like five, 10 years. <laughs> and so, uh, a lot of these people that I acted with, I didn't know, I didn't know who they were and they didn't, no one knew who I was like none of them. I mean, I just was this alien that just like popped out of freaking nowhere. And, uh, and I just came in as character. So they only knew me as like that. And they, they, I think our chemistry was so good because it was pretty real. It was all based off of just real yeah. friendships. Right. Like we just, I met them and I loved them and they loved me. And like, now we still have like deep friendships because it wasn't like, Oh, that's a, you know, what's his bucket or, you sure, know, it's like, right. that's, Oh man, we got to be cool for this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, like we didn't know who yeah, right. we were just like going around venues and like houses and stuff. And like, for me, it was just kind of a normal interaction. It just was like almost like I was meeting new bandmates yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, all so right. So you, you feel like you didn't feel vulnerable or like nervous at all about, well, probably base level nerves, right? But base like, level nerves. It wasn't like overwhelming ever. I can't, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of just, I have such huge like social anxiety, okay. like a lot of social anxiety and I'm, pretty introverted and Jay thrill will contest to this whenever it's on it's on I'm able to like mm. I have this just numb switch where I just like click it yeah. and then I not put on a show or whatever I just kind of become a different person yeah. and um and then when it's off I'll go and I'll like puke in the bathroom <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something yeah. you know right Right. Yeah. Or I'll like cry or something. I'm I'm a sensitive little sensey. So uh -huh. yeah. Um I am. And so there is those things where, you know, I, I, I can like just click it on and then I just became that Kirk Stylo guy. Yeah. And I just it was on when it was on. And, you so know? did you okay, so let's you would you switch from scene to scene or you were clicked on the whole movie? Like that whole three month period you were I was, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I, it destroyed a lot of relationships outside mm. of the movie. But uh, yeah, it it was I was I was engulfed in this. I feel character. like it'd be so hard to click it on and then turn it off again between scenes, or like yeah, you probably were like, I can't, I gotta go full throttle, or I'm yeah. not doing it. And I mainly stayed in Airbnbs with these guys, and like we were, but I just also I would go back to my house and 
I would just still be that character and I would just lock myself in my room and I just would, mm. you know, be this kind of like depressed, burdened, like right. songwriter, right. like, um, you know, and I, and it was that, and it, and it, it did affect my family and my friendships and mm. stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of, you know, story of my life. I, 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 I very, I give, I think an artist should give a hundred percent to mm. their art and that's just what I believe. And if, if there's other things that take their time, it's going to affect that. Sure. And it is, and it doesn't mean that it's in a bad way, right. uh, you know, but it is, it will play a part in, yeah. in your art. You know, if you're just a hundred, like solely sold out to your product, you know, then it's, you're going to see that you're going to sure. feel that as a viewer, as a consumer, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. and we can kind of transition into our thoughts about the movie um, because using that as a segue, uh, RogerEbert.com gave uh, TBA. I still like to think that he runs that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still very prestigious. And, you know, if you would have told me when we were in college together, yeah, I'm going to be in a movie and it's going to be on Roger Ebert. I would have like, what the frick? No way. Anyway, so... <laughs> Kind of like going full out, giving your all. Uh, they gave it two and a half out of four stars. So yeah, I feel like that's pretty good. Rotten Tomatoes. The tomato meter is sitting at 73%. The audience score is 100%. Wow. Um, nice. So there are 25 total ratings. So it's not like three people in the movie right. got on there and reviewed it. Um, but Roger Ebert's uh, their write-up, uh, to your credit, Evan says, like him or not, how exactly do you feel about a guy who looks like Andrew W.K.'s strung out nephew and also quotes the Mighty Ducks? Stylo <laughs> sets the movie's pace. Besides, Kirk's self-defense is not only hysterical, you don't have a microphone, but sounds even funnier on a tinny garage band mic. So I will say, to your credit, your A, dedication, B, hard work, and C, a tremendous amount of like charisma, I guess, that definitely came across on screen did get noticed you yeah, know and because so, that's what we were going for yeah strung out andrew yeah, wk absolutely. quoting mighty ducks <laughs> yeah so i've got some thoughts on the movie i watched it again today i saw it when it first came out um and so i uh, a couple thoughts just because we me and evan you we haven't talked about it um i would say that it just my initial thoughts were it just like exudes like band culture mm. and you very much like know it if you've ever been in it like yeah. band culture um so i've got some examples like when brad gets the call and it like zooms in uh gets the call from what is uh albert yes albert uh, fisk from fisk he he's like hey we need a drummer and i remember we talked to you last weekend or whatever and it's just like zooming in on mccabe and like all he can hear is like a crowd cheering and it's like <sighs> yeah, yeah and it's like i thought that was that was perfect because when Luke called me and was like, hey, come over and learn a few songs for me like bees, I, that's exactly what was in my head. This like, highlight reel. I'm going to be like, on oh, tour. Yeah. oh my gosh, I'm going to be on stage. Oh, that's going to be insane. Yeah. So I, I, that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. how it would be. And then when uh, actually Grant comes in and he's like, you guys move my drums. How would you feel if I like changed your strap on your guitar? Yeah. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then yeah. uh, right when Brad is coming in and he messes up the, the first time, Oof. the tryout. So funny. And okay. you, you're like, okay, Rittner, you're up. You know, and you're like, it's the next guy's turn. And I, I loved just knowing you. I love your ability to come up with like random names for stuff. Is is literally un. I pride myself in that. It's honestly. insane. <laughs> and so the fact that you also do that in the movie, because I think uh, 
I think when you sent me a couple demos of just like instrumentals we were working on, it was like by Mick Cool and the gang or something. And they each had their own Whatever, random yeah. track name and it was just like perfect. Right. And so I love that that also came across in the movie. It's like, yep, it's, he's it's so funny. I was, on, I was on my way to meet uh, Grant uh, for coffee uh, when he was writing the script and, uh, <laughs> I had, I was, I was driving and listing notes. Kids don't do that. <laughs> he was using voice to text. Okay. Yeah, of course I was. <laughs> um, I had my transcriber next to me yes. and he was, he was $50 an hour. They freaking yeah. milk you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I came up with like five random band names mm. and, uh, Stylo and the murder dogs was one of them. Nice. And, uh, and you know, I listed it to Grant, and he was like, "Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that one." You know, I don't know what Johnny Hammer Sticks and the the Tutus or whatever yeah. the other four were. You yeah, know. permafrost, permafrost. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, did you get a writing credit too? On the uh, movie? I, a production credit. Okay, I'm a producer. Okay, uh, just a co-producer of many producers on it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Just and, just little ideas, little sure. names, little things. But that's like, like that. a big part of the movie too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And I'd say real quick, my last note on the movie, my thought on the movie is I love a music movie where they're actually playing the instruments. As an as that a musician, a big that thing for is us. so cool. It was a big thing for us. So. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, the I would say the two things that really stood out to me from from what I've seen in the movie so far, I haven't been able to finish it quite yet, but was the natural, like the natural feel of the way all the characters talk to each other. Like you were saying, like this is at like the end of the three months in specific scenes. You were saying this is like the end of us filming. We had all these relationships and you could really tell by the way you guys all interacted with each other, how comfortable you were and how like in it you guys were. And then the other thing was like, how authentic it felt because you guys were actually playing the instruments. You could yes. tell yeah. every musician understands in movies when someone is not actually playing it. Like, like nope, almost, they're like not al playing that. almost famous. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, mm -hmm. that thing you do. Yeah. And like, but that thing you do was a huge inspiration for us for this movie. But we, Grant and Chucky wanted to make sure that, they had a, a practice space for us that I was teaching them these. I mean, on the keys for Tucker, I like sharpied the key, things right. for him to just hit. Just, yeah. I'm like, just put your hands down on the. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. On, you know, yeah, cut me and let me die. And, but, yeah. and he was able to, you know, whenever there was like things um, that the particular uh, chords or times that he couldn't nail, he picked up the keyboard and he was like, you know, performing. <laughs> he, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah he, right. they, they were able to kind of, you know, I kind of taught him how to like not fake yeah. it, but like move away right. if you don't know or whatever, like, you know, little, little things like that. But then also I give credit to Grant because as a director, he was a phenomenal director uh, for so many different reasons, but also um, he made everyone, the crew, the cast, do the Enneagram test, uh, which is like a oh, personality mm -hmm. test. Yeah. Um, and so he got everybody's personality, Enneagram personality. So he knew how to huh. work with everyone on their level, not just be like the big boss sure. and blah, blah, blah. But he knew how to talk to me as a six and he knew how to talk to whoever as a nine or whatever, yeah. you know, if you've ever done the Enneagram. Yeah. That's 16 cool. personalities. That's, that's a great example of being a good, like in my sports world, I would say that's a good coach. Yes. You can't coach every player the same. 
Some yeah. people like to get yelled at. Some people don't. And so, yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, such a big thing about like directing people is working with them. Like a director is not the dictator of a set. Usually, Absolutely. like you gotta know how to get something out of somebody yeah. creatively. And like if you're a jerk to people. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and I love Stanley Kubrick, but that's a big reason that like he, they would shoot things maybe for like a hundred something times, a legendary amount of times because he kind of was that, but he also was friends with people. But there's a lot of directors who they come off as like huge dicks, but they just really want. Yeah. They know what they want. They know what they want. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. You want to give your thoughts? Yeah, before? I just want to say generally, it was yeah. so funny. Like, awesome. uh, that's the we main were thing that comes out. out loud oh my gosh, times, yeah. I was like, I love, and I don't want to draw a comparison because they're different movies, but I love Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's one of my favorite. It was a like, inspiration for us uh, for this. It was for, like sure, but this was more of like Wes said. It was more of a grounded like reality. Obviously, I mean that's like a comic book movie almost. Scott Pilgrim, right? Is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it had the same kind of humor to me, yeah, and the flavor. Like I just really, I thought it was so funny. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Grant did a good job of like it speaks to people who are in the music culture and mm-hmm. bands, but mm-hmm. it also speaks to the general audience because yeah. it's just like a funny, yeah, like yeah, movie, kind of like a coming you know? of age story. Yeah, like it had that kind of feel to me. Yeah. I love that. So it was great. You don't uh, the great sign of a movie that's about like a niche group is when people outside of that niche group can find it accessible and like relatable, (laughs) you know, because there's movies out there about specific groups of people and you watch them. If you're not a part of that group of people, you're like, I don't understand what's going on. But like, I feel like this uh, feels accessible to people because you're like, oh, I kind of understand what these people are about. You know what I mean? And pick up the vibe of it all. It's human. human. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I yeah, agree. I'd say I would definitely recommend it if you're listening to this and you were wanting to watch it. It's they can rent it almost anywhere, right? Uh, yeah, I, think. I mean, just yeah, I mean, any street, any like video on demand, yeah. like iTunes, Amazon, like yeah. uh, uh, get on your Apple TV. It's on, you know, just get movies, on the yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I definitely recommend it. I think it's funny. Uh, just so you know, I'm not being unbiased. Personally, obviously, just my belief system, can't condone the drinking and the drugs in the movie, obviously, and so that'd be, it would, that would that part of it was heavy-handed, mm, but if it's very, for sure. but it's it's sort of a period piece, like 06 band culture in Phoenix, and so it's like, I wasn't there, and so like, yeah. I think that's, 14 years constitutes a period piece now. At this <laughs> point, it's so crazy yeah. to think about. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so I'd say that was the only thing where it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I, that's kind of played out like mm. i don't need a drinking party scene anymore in movies but um that is like literally that's the only really negative thing I, and i've watched it three times so it's like mm. the only thing where i'm like i get it you know yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah no other than that i think um i and you've been around plenty of musicians and bands and stuff and you understand that's kind of yeah yeah and that so is that, the that one thing i would say too, is yeah. it's, it is heavy-handed but it's also pretty realistic yeah, yeah. there i can't even count the number of times i've been offered sure. like drugs and drinking and yeah. stuff so like yeah, yeah it is just very comes with the, it's comes very with true the to the the world which is i think the authenticity comes and there's out there's a you know so there's a there's a release at bookhouse right did we yeah, yes. you wanna- yeah yeah we're uh so like i said this has been evan ultra he's longtime friend but now he is a movie star a music producer a freaking songwriter star 
does it all at this point. Um, we're going to be doing a premiere. If you're listening to this before October 16th, there might be tickets left because I think this is coming out the same week. Um, but if not, you can also catch it on October 17th and October 18th here in Joplin, Missouri, Bookhouse Cinema. Uh, we've been working with them and we got them, they got the rights. They're going to show it. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to be doing a Q and a on Friday after the 7 PM screening. Yes. Evan and I will. Be. They just got a new screen, by the way. They did mm-hmm. that. A new screen. They, yep. a new screen. they got a new screen. We were there last week for a buddy's birthday party. And they so said, if anything, if it's not for the movie, come check out the new screen. Check out the screen. Yes. yes. Yeah. The saver at the beginning is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so this has been uh, This podcast is not for you Thank you for listening I am Jake I'm Wes Evan, thank you so much for being on the show by Of the course, way. yeah This, this has is been Peyton. great I'm also giving my thanks Yeah, I appreciate I it I would like to give my thanks as well Okay, and wow. I'm going to thank you guys jumper too. over there <laughs> a lot of fun Yeah, yeah. Dude, thank you Super Well fun. done Of course I'm not in like a dad way But I'm very proud Of like <laughs> what you've done Like it's really cool Thanks, But man. also in like a dad way well, He's kind of proud of you Also you're like a son way. to me Yeah you're kind of <laughs> like a son to me I feel like you know You know I'm proud of you Because it's you know Partly my doing As Definitely. the dad I raised you yeah. up Yeah right. And so it's crazy it's like, <laughs> Wait, Who's the dad? I'm We're confused the dad. Oh okay. you're, are, you're vicariously living through me Yes, yes. <laughs> Alright <laughs> Sweet Of course, this is...